Hi, 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 and hey, hey, Beatle fans. Welcome to another edition of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. This is a bi-weekly show in which we talk about the solo careers of the most successful solo careers of all time from any artist coming from a previous band. And so, of course, you know I'm talking about the Beatles. I'm Ken Michaels. I'm one of the four regular co-hosts of the show. Perhaps you know me for a couple of other Beatles shows that I host or co-host. One is a syndicated Beatles radio program called Every Little Thing. And the other is another bi-weekly show, a podcast show, called Things We Said Today. Now, on this show, we do talk extensively on the solo careers of the Beatles, the music, the history. We go in depth on this. Once in a while, we will cover the Beatles as a group, but it's primarily a show on the solo careers of the Fabs. And I'm being joined by my three regulars. First of all, let's bring on the author of a couple of books that you might be familiar with, songs we were singing, guided tours through the Beatles' lesser-known tracks, and also Michael Jackson, FAQ, all that's left to know about the King of Pop. Her, her titles are way too long when it comes to books, but um, she also writes a lot of articles on the Beatles and soul music and for Beatle Fan Magazine as well. Let's bring on Kid O'Toole. She is the queen of Beatles media. Let's all bow to her. <laughs> hey, guys. How are you doing? Good to see you all. Hi. Good to see you, Kit. And uh, this is going to be a great show. I can just feel it. Absolutely. Also, we have one of the two co-hosts of the Paul McCartney, the solo Paul McCartney podcast called Two Legs. And uh, that show that's just been picking up, just getting better and better with every uh, week or two that I keep watching the show, along with Andy Nichols, his co-host. And that's Tom Hunyadi. Hi, Tom. I don't see Tom anywhere. I don't see Tom either. Yes, I think he's I, uh, he's coming back on. I think he. I don't see anyone but Ken right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So I think Tom is coming. Uh, Tom will probably be back on. I think he got knocked off. So, so uh, he'll he'll be here in a minute. Okay. <laughs> he's reliable. He will be here. I yeah, he will be you. here. Don't yes. worry. And also, we bring on Mean Mr. Mayo. He has had uh, a video program on youtube for the past eight years just uh celebrating his eight-year anniversary covering not just the beatles but pop culture we know him here as joe on the program hi joe how are you hello ken hello how are you and uh, i good to see you uh, sort of kit in spirit uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and my other co-host tom who i see now tom hello. is back yes <laughs> 
All right, Technical Tom, difficulties. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's part of the fun of doing live programming. That's Absolutely. right. We aim to prove yeah, to everybody yeah. that this is live. So <laughs> when we do something like this, that's just to stress the fact that this is live and anything can happen. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> well, on it to- ain't Memorex. <laughs> <laughs> You're showing your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on today's show, our main topic topic is going to be this album right here. Brainwashed, the posthumous album from George Harrison, came out about a year after George's passing. We'll talk about that album in detail. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) I knew I knew it would pay off buying that. I bought it to save it just for such an occasion. I got my um, (laughs) deluxe copy here. Very good. Doesn't look all that good because it's all dark. Actually, no. Yeah. I have that copy. Yes. Okay. He is a dark horse. Yes, I just brushed okay. up with that before the show. Yep. <laughs> All right. But before we get to our main topic, let's bring on the latest news, as we always do in every single show. We will start with uh, the news of a couple of passings of people in the Beatle world. John Lennon's chauffeur, Les Anthony, who drove his famous psychedelic Rolls Royce, has died. He was hired to be on permanent call for John in the 60s and would drive John to London from his Kenwood estate in Weybridge. Les's son Melvin is quoted as saying, my father had some funny times. He told me that John Lennon used to answer the door naked. (laughs) But my father didn't care. At the end of the day, you were employed by them. He said it was because they were hippies and were free living. Les was actually one of two chauffeurs employed by John. The other was Bill Corbett. Les was six foot four, and he was also wow. used as a bodyguard for the Beatles because of his army experience and tall build. Hmm. Les was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. He was 86. Also, one of Life magazine's famous photographers has died, and that's John Lowengard. He shot famous photos of the Beatles, as well as Louis Armstrong, President Kennedy, George O'Keefe, Judy Garland, and Jane Mansfield. One photo he is most famous for was on the front cover of Life when the Beatles were in Miami. He came up with the quirky idea to have the Beatles pose in a swimming pool as a fab four of bobbing heads. Well, the only pool they could find was unheated. And the group was reluctant to do the shot, but their manager, Brian Epstein, urged them to do it because of the importance of Life magazine. So they took a dip in the water, but because it was cold, they were turning blue. So after a minute or two, they were out. John Lowengard died at his Manhattan apartment, and he was 85. Hmm. Now, with all the riots and protests going on right now worldwide due to the murder of George Floyd, Ringo's co-producer for his albums, Bruce Sugar, has reported that Ringo's uh, statuesque peace sign, which he recently gifted to Beverly Hills, has been vandalized. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, We don't know to what extent, but Bruce says we need some divine intervention soon. We can all agree on that. Oh, I agree. 
Uh, the festival known as Abbey Road on the River held a live streaming event for Memorial Day weekend, May 23rd through the 25th. They previously announced they were postponing their event from May until October, but on their website last weekend, they featured live concerts all three days on their website <coughs> and also on their Facebook page. It was 10 hours of tribute bands from all around the world performing. And they are still planning to hopefully stage their festival at the Big Four Station Park in Jeffersonville, Indiana, October 8th through the 11th. That's the same weekend as the Fest for Beatle fans. Let's hope that uh, these festivals can be pulled off. We still don't know. These are big gatherings, but um, keep our fingers crossed for all of them. Abbey wrote on the island, which was supposed to be the very first festival of its kind like this, on Long Island. It was going to be held on Labor Day weekend. That has been postponed indefinitely. Mm. Also, the cassette tape uh, containing two versions of the unreleased Paul McCartney Ringo Starr composition, Angel in Disguise, sold last Tuesday at Omega Auctions in Cheshire, England for $9,900, which was less than half its expected price. Wow. That is shocking. Don't know mm. why that was. But, uh, yeah, very disappointing in sales there for that one. But I do hope we get to hear the song in its entirety. Because yeah. a little snippet yeah. of it was, was yeah. uh, featured well, online. From, from my understanding, it was, it was bought by a bootlegger. So uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, oh, getting some right. kind of uh, Time Takes Time bootleg uh, with, with the, <laughs> the two versions on it. So. Well, if we do hear it, we'll talk about it here on the show. Yeah. I'm most curious to hear how it mm -hmm. sounds. There's a new book out from David Bedford. Uh, it's called <clears throat> The Country of Liverpool. It explores country music's influence on the Beatles and what it meant to be, what it meant to the Liverpool music scene. Okay. There's I a am brand very excited about that book. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to say I'm, I'm very excited about that book. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've really, David has, has uh, been one of the really few writers who have has gone into the different kind of music scenes in Liverpool, like the R and B scene and yeah. so forth. So, I mean, this, this is going to be good. So I, I've really been looking forward to this. Yeah. He's done some fine work and this kind of angle, this is the kind of stuff you write about all the time. Exactly. You know, the countryside of the mm. Beatles. And yeah. I do themes like that on my show. So that's right. So this is right up book, our alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a brand new TV commercial airing right now for Facebook using a cover of All Together Now, hmm. which is actually sung by Lizzo. Oh. Did you know that? I did not. I just saw that last night. Ooh, I, yeah. I didn't know that was Lizzo. The singer Lizzo, one Lizzo. of the hottest singers of today. I, I, I did know that because I listened to the last episode of Things You Said Today. <laughs> oh, I listened to I missed that part. I missed that part, too. <laughs> See, they don't hit the end, you know, necessarily. If you listen to both shows, you get similar news in both, but also there's always something new in each show mm -hmm. when it comes to the news. i got to listen to okay. Lizzo. But uh, this particular ad announces the launch of Facebook's Messenger Rooms. Okay. Carlos Santana has just recorded a new version of John Lennon's Imagine with his wife and percussionist, Cindy Blackman. The song was recorded to benefit Why Hunger's Rapid Response Fund, helping those in need now more than ever. On Sirius XM's Beatles channel, they premiered the song on their Fab Forum show uh, this weekend, this past weekend on Wednesday, with Santana talking about this new cover of Imagine. Okay. Um, another new book is coming out on John in November. It's called Dream Lovers, John and Yoko in New York City. 
It includes photographs taken by renowned celebrity photojournalist Brian Hamill. Some of them are new and unseen photos of John and Yoko. There are photos from John's only full-length solo gig at Madison Square Garden. Of course, those are the one-to-one benefit shows. Uh, Hamill delivers his own insider view of the music icon with intense, intimate photographic portraits and insightful essays. A hmm. uh, brand new trailer for the film An Accidental Studio is available online, due out in July on Blu-ray, telling the story of George Harrison's Handmade Studios. And very exciting, the trailer says that the documentary will be on PBS stations hmm. soon. Yes. So that's something to keep a lookout for. I've been checking online my PBS stations here if they're mm-hmm. going to run it. And um, as soon as I know, I will post something on Facebook, uh, on right. our page and my page, so you guys know. Yeah, it's always great when something like that comes out on Blu-ray because you usually, uh, in the special features department, will will get extended interviews or more interviews mm. that got left on the cutting room floor. So that'll be uh, exciting to see what's on the special features for sure. I and think I it'll be good. I was going to say, I have a feeling we're going to be uh, discussing this on, on our show. I think so. <laughs> I yeah. believe it. Once we get to see it. Yep. <laughs> but, um, I think it'll be very fascinating because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those films we didn't get to see in America. A right. lot of them were successful in the UK. So, you know, we'll probably get a lot of scenes from some of those films. Mm-hmm. There'll be a more comprehensive look at Handmaid. Rather than just Shanghai Surprise and Time Bandits. A lot of good films. Yeah. Okay. News on Lawrence Juber. He's just recorded a brand new single with Christine Lani. She was voted the Acoustic Guitarist of the Year. And there's a new song called Calling on the Love. It's available as a digital single only. And it's on, if I could read my handwriting, Amazon (laughs) Music. Also, Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Music. Lawrence Juber, as you know, has been thrilling us with his private concerts from his own home for Mm -hmm. uh, well over a month now, every single day. He's cut it down to Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but it's the same time, 1.30 Pacific time and 4.30 Eastern time. Check out his Facebook page. He's just superb on guitar. Nothing, <laughs> nothing more you could say. Yeah, for sure. um, he's done an all Beatles show. He's done an all Wings Back to the Egg show. You never know what he's going to play. But uh, yeah, so check out Lawrence Juber's show. And also, we wish a happy 70th birthday to Bob Purvis. He was one half of the band Splinter. Uh, Hmm. The duo that signed to George Harrison's Dark Horse Records. Um, He turned 70 yesterday. And uh, they made three albums on Dark Horse. The Place I Love, which is uh, the first album. George Harrison is all over that album. Okay. Did he just play on it or did he produce it as well? He produced it too. Okay. He plays on every single song too. Mm -hmm. And it's got all of George's friends like Gary Wright's on there. You know, know, top personnel, but kind of like what we say about McGear being the Lost Mm -hmm. McCartney album of 1974. You could say, because, you know, the songs sound very much like George songs. Right. They really do. Um, yeah. Happy birthday to Bob Purvis. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is the latest news. I know you have something you wanted to share with us, Tom. 
Yeah, you know, speaking of well, there's two things actually. Real quick, uh, speaking of McGear, we we've just been treated to a uh, um, to a Spanish television show from 1975, uh, which fe- which features um, Mike McGear on the uh, on that particular episode, which is now up on YouTube. And if our friend Tom Brennan's here, he can also send you a uh, a link to the uh, the better quality show, which is on another website. I I, I should have wrote that down, but I did not. So Tom, if you don't mind, if you can send the link. Uh, that would be great uh, if you don't mind. Um, he did. Mm. He performed two songs. Well, lip sync two songs: "Simply Love You" and the um, and the main uh, song "Leave It." And uh, right. really cool TV show, hour and a half. It's all in Spanish, except for you know, obviously Mike McGear's part because that song is in in, in uh, English. And there was a couple other Eng- English songs in there as well. But uh, really cool show. Really cool to see um, you know shows you know in other countries uh so that was a fascinating watch and uh, also it looks like we've got a an announcement for the announcement that we've all been waiting for since <laughs> earlier this year so um i'm sure a lot of you are familiar now with this news um um, so at the end, or at the very bottom of the latest uh, McCartney newsletter, um, it, it reads, See you next month, where we'll be revealing something we've been quietly cooking up. All the best. Now, if you look at uh, the McCartney uh, catalog uh, and you look for food in the title, it's either going to be eggs or it's going to be a flaming pie, which, you know, obviously we mm. already know it's going to probably be more likely be flaming pie. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 exciting to see that uh, we're probably indeed going to get this uh, when we saw um, earlier this year that it was going to come out on July twenty fourth. So right. it looks like uh, things are uh, heating up. We could use some good news right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Start saving those dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're going to need them towards Take the end it. of the year. Here you go. Here. Super deluxe. Super deluxe. Oh, Tom's got ready. I know. I know. I know. Uh, We're all going to be anyways, mortgaging so, our houses. Yeah. So good news indeed. Okay. Yeah, and Kit, there was something you wanted to say? Yes, indeed. Before I do, uh, Tom Brennan just posted the link. And, uh, and it's rather long, so I'm not yep. going to display it on the screen because it's extremely <laughs> long, but, but Tom has it in the comments. So, uh, so those of you who are interested, uh, Tom just posted it. So, so yep. thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, and actually this announcement has to do with us right here. Um, next month, uh, we're going to be... Uh, debuting some new things we're going to have uh, some changes to the show we're still going to be uh doing what we i think we do best uh we're still going to be <laughs> having a uh, great discussion and everything but we're going to be changing the format a bit ken womack is going to be uh back with us for some shows uh we are also uh going to start having some guests uh because uh, we are going to switch as i said to another format i'm not going to say too much about it yet because we're in the process of it but uh, we're really excited um you know it's it's uh, onward and upward with uh, with our show we're really excited about uh you know expanding it uh changing some of the uh, as i said the format and uh so you'll be uh you know we'll be talking a little more about it as time goes on um but uh but just stay tuned we'll be giving you more details as uh as time goes on, but uh, but look uh, look for exciting news coming up for our show. Yes, indeed, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm excited just to have Ken back. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yes. absolutely. Okay. So be the Fab Five. 
true. We're getting the band back together. That's yes. right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. So our main topic on the show tonight is this album right here, Brainwashed from George Harrison. This is an album that came out almost a year after George's passing. The exact release date was November 18th of 2002. Uh, just so you know how well it did on the charts, it peaked at number 18 in the United States on the Billboard album charts. But it did go gold for mm. sales of half a million copies. Really, this album deserved to be a number one album as far as I'm concerned. So it's disappointing to me that it only went to number 18. In the UK, it went as far as number 29. The main personnel on this album were George, Danny Harrison, Jeff Lynne, and Jim Keltner. Other musicians included Herbie Flowers, John Lord, Joe Brown, uh, Mark Mann, who uh, I interviewed uh, a couple of years ago. You know him a lot from the concert for George, the guy who wears the cap and plays guitar right. and does a lot of the lead guitar stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Mike Moran and Jules Holland, among the mm -hmm. other ones on the album. The songs were recorded over a span of uh, four, 14 years, 1988 yeah. through 2002. And... Uh, Really, it's not really a collection of all new songs because some of them were much older, dating back to Any Road, which you can say goes, uh, goes back to 1988. Um, we could talk more in detail about this. But, um, you know, from my own perspective, you know, I, I can remember what it was like to wait for Double Fantasy to come out and the fact mm. that it took five years, which was unheard of in those days for a major artist to take that much time for a new album. And in a way, uh, George Harrison did the same thing in between Gontrapo and Cloud Nine. Right. It was also five years. But little did we know that after Cloud Nine, George would not release, while he was alive, another studio album of all new material. Yes, he did have the two Traveling Wilburys albums. Yes, he had the Best of Dark Horse compilation with three new songs. And yes, he toured Japan with uh, Eric Clapton and there was a live album, but no all new album of studio material from George. Now, the thing that I know about George, which he said uh, several times, is that he loved making music. He loved the creative process of making music, writing it, recording it. He had his own studio. So during this time, he still made music and recorded songs at his leisure. We just never knew if they would ever come out. That's the thing. Um, and um, unfortunately, we know that um, George came down with throat cancer. Yeah. He, was, he was stabbed in his home the end of 1999. And then the, uh, the cancer went to his brain. And unfortunately, he died November 29th of 2001. So what was to come of all these recordings in the meantime? Nice. Did he really plan on releasing them? But, you know, now that he knew that he was dying perhaps he thought we got to tidy all this up and get these songs finished so he entrusted jeff lynn and danny harrison to finish up the songs he left some instructions on some of the songs on what to do i've heard some comments from them especially from from jeff lynn that he wanted the songs to sound more like demos demos but, but jeff himself thought well some of these songs deserve better treatment than that right especially something like Rising Sun, which I thought was brilliantly produced. Mm. But um, yeah, so the album came out almost a year after his passing. The concert for George 
was right at that time, a year after George's passing. And so here's an album that we waited 15 years for, and it was also a year after George died. So what I'd like to know, first of all, from each of you guys is what was your initial reaction to it? Were you very pleased with it? Was it very bittersweet because she knew this was, this was after George died? Um, and also, we're going to relate that to the fact that these were all songs that spanned these 14 years. Right. Let's start with you, Tom. What was your initial reaction to Brainwashed? My initial reaction was, um, well, leading up to that, I was very excited that we were going to get another George Harrison record. Um, unfortunately, it was after his passing. I mean, you know, reading, reading uh, Rolling, it was probably Rolling Stone where they talked to he was working on another album. I don't recall remembering if I knew he was working on an album before he died, but uh, I do know mm -hmm. that he had songs ready to go. So, um, and I knew that they were premiere uh, a new song on the uh, the classic rock station when when I lived in Michigan and um, and it ended up being uh, stuck inside a cloud hmm. um, which I don't necessarily at that time agree that that might have been the best song to lead off that album with but uh, just because of its tone and its lyrics but uh, I, I still love the track nonetheless I just don't know if it was the best song to uh, lead the album off um, however, I was very excited when I got the album. I think the album still holds up uh, all this time, you know, what, almost 20 years, 18 years since its release. Mm -hmm. I still think it's a wonderful album. I think it's uh, some of his best gu guitar playing on this album. And, um, and I think, um, you know, the, Danny and, and um, Jeff uh, followed uh, to his instructions. They didn't make it, they didn't polish it up too much, which uh, I, I, I think was the right move. I think this, this album sounds really good. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it was a very exciting time. Um, I mean, I'm not that, that, that George was, was gone, but you know, we had this album to look forward to and we had the concert George concert for George to look, to look forward to. Mm. And, um, I, I just, uh, think that this, this is, uh, I mean, I read a lot that a lot of people thought that, that think that this is his best album since all things must pass. I don't know about that, but, um, it is a, it is an excellent album and, um, it's uh, it should be listened to. It should be talked about more. I don't think it gets talked about enough. Uh, I think it gets mm -hmm. a little. Sometimes it gets uh, mixed in the shuffle with other with some of the other uh, great albums of his, like All Things Was Past and Living in the Material World and, and even Cloud Nine. So I think it, I'm glad mm -hmm. that we're taking the time to uh, to talk about this album now because and give it some credit uh, and give it some uh, much deserved uh, credit for sure. So yeah, yeah. I'm very excited when when this album came out and and was happy about it for sure. Okay. How did you feel when you compare the production on this to what Jeff Lynne had done before? Say on Cloud Yeah, I mean, this, I, I, I agreed with George. I mean, when he was whether he was joking around or not, where he wanted it to, you know, sound, I think it was Danny who was talking about how, you know, he wanted, he had all these demos for these songs and they should just, you know, call it like a demo album and just release them as is. Um, mm. Because they didn't really, listening to Danny and Jeff talk, they really didn't add a lot of stuff to it. You know, some additional um, acoustic guitars and some backing vocals um, and stuff like that. But uh, the sound of it, I, I it, it harkens back to almost a little bit to his earlier material. Um, and it's not so, you know, much produced as people say about Cloud Nine is. 
But um, I, I, I dig the sound. I think it plays a little too loud, meaning if you have some of the songs on here on your iPod and something you know from All Things Must Pass comes on and then something from this album comes on, you might have to turn it down because it's, it's, it plays loud, the album. So I think it might, they mm. might have produced it a little on the louder side. But other than that, I think it. I think the sound of it is great. The production is good, and yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's almost. It's near perfect, in my opinion. Okay, Kit, you're next. Your initial thoughts. You know, I mean, I I really had when when you said bittersweet, Ken. That was the exact reaction um, I had, and I think it kind of initially colored my my opinion of the album as I I found it. Um, hard to listen to it at first mm. not not because it was bad mm. but uh but because it, it just you know so many of the songs you know to me were were kind of you know it had this this cloud kind of hanging mm. over them of, of his right. death and and you know so it was initially very hard for me to to listen to it was kind mm. of emotional um and and just every song to me it just had this this you know, it, it just was very difficult. But, you know, over the years, now that a time has passed, um, mm. now I listen to it in a very different way. Mm. Um, you know, I, I really view it. I mean, of course, the you can't help but, but listen to it knowing that, you know, he knew. Uh, it's not all the songs, but some of the songs when, mm. when he was writing them, you know, you, he knew that he was sick mm -hmm. but but you know it you now listen to it and to me it's 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 a man who it's about a man who was you know reflecting on his life and what he had learned um yep. and um but there's some wit as well <laughs> and there are some wonderful lyrics on there too i mean it's wonderful to see that he you know he hadn't lost his his um love of of playing with words and and uh we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but um you know and and his his love of of satire that goes back to taxman i mean you know he he still loved to do that right. um and you know and then there's something like any road uh which is just sort of a philosophical kind of of uh look uh look at life and and um and then yes there's there are other songs too that you can tell it was thinking about um spirituality and and you know does life really end and i mean it's so now when you listen to it when i listen to it and it's you know as 18 years on and and, and whatever it is um i now can can appreciate it a lot more without that kind of heavy feeling that, that I initially had, that bittersweet um, kind of feeling and, and appreciate it now for, um, you know, the really philosophical tone of, of this whole yeah. album. And, and I mean, and, and I don't mean to be all, you know, heavy about it because there's some great guitar on it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I mean, I'm not saying, you know, trying to get too serious here, but um, but really, I mean, that's what strikes me as, as I've listened to it over time, that not only is the musicianship wonderful, um, George really stretches himself as a vocalist on this album quite a bit, but mm. also 
the just um, you know just there, there's some really um, you know spiritual deep kind of meaning and 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 this sort of philosophical looking kind of looking back at his life and and um, and and imparting his wisdom um, on on us too right um, and so it's it's really a, a, a really wonderful kind of gift a final statement and now I listen to it more as um, you know kind of a, it, it, just ways I, I can listen to it now and there are certain lines that that hit me where I think you know wow I can relate that to my own life mm-hmm. um, and so I don't anymore think of it as you know just thinking of it as oh god this reminds me of George Harrison's death I mean, it's it now has a larger meaning to me. Yeah. Right, so, it, it transcends all that. Exactly. You know, you know, he he throughout his whole solo career was able to mix spirituality, philosophy, and just very personal feelings and blend them all in such a way that was so unique. And you learn so much from him as a person, just just mm. on his own look at life, and he really shines lyrically. You know, as well as the melodies on this album. Exactly. But, um, exactly. Joe, how about your yes. initial thoughts? Well, a uh, bit of sweet, as Kit said uh, at first, and it seemed that it took such a long time getting here. Uh, you know, um, I, I've always wondered why uh, George took so long to really get another album out after he had done so well with Cloud Nine and then the Traveling Wilburys. Of course, things happen like his. He had business problems with his uh, former manager, Dennis right. O'Brien. Uh, Dennis mm-hmm. O'Brien and the Beatles mm-hmm. anthology. He, he was busy on. I mean, he, he was doing stuff, but I just, you know, wondered why there wasn't an album. And it, it could be greedy for the fans, you know. I mean, I guess because we're we want the album. It's, ultimately, it's the artist that decides when or if they're going to do anything. Mm. But you're so used to Paul McCartney, you know. I mean, he's a workaholic and he's always coming out with stuff. So it took a while to get here. And then when it came, I think I was kind of I don't know, still kind of like bummed out about losing George, even though it had been a year and it was kind of anticlimactic then when it finally came, uh, and. At the time, I don't think I gave it enough of a chance. I mean, I played it, you know, a few times, but it didn't really resonate much. Some good tracks at the time, I thought. Uh, and what's interesting to me is, personally, now over the years, I've played it more and more and more. And for me, it has rewarded uh, immeasurably. Every time I play it, I like it more and more. Uh, and it's funny, because still to this day, though, when I'm thinking of George's albums... I almost forget about brainwashed. It's weird. I don't yeah, know why that yeah. is. It's it's like oh, what's you know, I think like what's his best albums? People, are like, what do you like? Well, I say all things must pass. Living in the material world, Cloud Nine, you know, maybe thirty three and a third self titled mm. album. Uh, you know, oh yeah, I watched. Uh, by yeah, by the way, I watched your uh, George Harrison ranking uh, video from two thousand fourteen last night just to see oh, where, oh, you, wow. where you had this. Yeah, I don't, I, that's, that, wow, that's six years ago. I don't remember where I put it, but yeah. now I, I put it, probably put it higher now. I'm sure, but now it's in the running for me as one of his of his best. I mean, I put it right yeah. up there with his best albums, but it took time for, for that. Um, one thing uh, that I uh, always wondered was. Uh, wondered or felt bad about horse to the water the you know yeah. the last track that he recorded i wish there was had been some way of putting that on there 
Mm. You know, uh, you have 12 tracks on the album already. I just felt for just for it to be maybe handy <laughs> from a, a fan's point of view to have well, his last yeah, song on there. Yeah. It, it would have only been able to go on the CD then because the album's already 48 minutes long. Um, yeah, that was an, another know, thing. So. I, always, I, I always thought the album was a, l a little long, although I'm, I'm enjoying it. I mean, with the 12 tracks on there, um, uh, 10 of them of the, uh, going over the album again, um, I like 10 of them quite a bit two of them right. maybe a little more lukewarm on mm -hmm. uh and there was always something i thought is does the album seem to be long you were mentioning you know the length of it and uh just happened to be reading some reviews somebody said i forget his name uh monotony creeps in at the end of the album yeah. and i thought i read that too i, I can't know if, remember that's who yeah said i don't that. know if i'd call it monotony in my in my case sameness maybe mm. like maybe sameness it's kind of it's very samey you know, mm -hmm. George has, has been accused of being preachy at times right. during his career. And to end the album with a song like Brainwashed, telling us all, like from birth, we're all brainwashed in our, in our lives mm -hmm. and in this culture. You know, it's a pretty heavy statement to make, you know, about the way we all live in this society. Mm -hmm. So maybe that brings some people down. You know, I just want to read this comment uh, from Saul Perez uh, he said, were the vocals finished on the album? I know Jeff and Danny had to add sounds to some of the unfinished tracks, but Jordan's right. vocals seem to sound unchanged. Well, unfortunately, I've never seen anything where or heard anything where they went track by track and told you what they did. We right. just know that in general, George left instructions on some of the songs. So right. some I, of them were probably finished yeah, before, before I, George died. Yeah, the interview that I saw earlier uh, today, Danny and and, Je and, and um, Jeff Lynn talk about how these tracks, the vocals were finished. And so all they mm. did was add add on to what uh, uh, George requested them, them to do. Do you think so the, that... Oh, go ahead. I'm just... So, I mean, he had like three or four takes of each song uh, finished vocally wise. And then, you know, with him playing bass as well. Uh, so right. there's some of that. So if there was like a little bit of, uh, you know, this, this vocal didn't sound good, they had three or four other takes that they could, you know, you know, you know, scissor in, you know, if you they all could, cut and, and paste in, you know. They could so. mix and match whatever yeah, exactly. sounded best. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, this, I just thought about this. Do you think that maybe to some people this album might come across as being, instead of being a very focused album where you know all the songs are going to be on this album, are they like leftover tracks through the years as a compilation with some new songs? And well, maybe some people think less of it for that reason. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, learning more about the album, um, you know, you learn that, like you said early in the show, Ken, I mean, this was uh, 14 years in the making. Um, so, yeah, maybe they do feel like that. Or maybe just because of the fact that it was, it was basically, you know, they're, uh, Jeff and Daniel are just finishing these songs from demos for the mm. most part. So George didn't really have any opportunity to go in and, and maybe polish up these songs or maybe give a better vocal or, or a better guitar solo or, or whatnot. So mm. that's possible. Yeah. And I think that, oh, no, I was going to say that that may have been also another aspect of my initial reaction to the album, that it wasn't, you know, a true finished album. I mean that in terms of, I mean, I know, Jeff and Danny did, but I mean, it was, you know, George really didn't finish it, you know, and, and that, you know, were these really the way that he intended them to be? And I know right. that he did leave instructions for a number of right. the tracks. So, if, 
But, but and of course, I know, you know, Jeff is a you know, longtime collaborator, good friend. Danny is, of course, Danny. Uh, but I, I think that initially was another issue, you know, I had with it. But uh, but I've 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 mellowed out over time about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering also about the, the title using brainwash. If George wanted it to be called brainwash, because in a couple of interviews, he had uh, thrown out titles. Yeah. As portrait he does, of a leg Portrait yeah. of a leg yeah. yeah. uh, Your planet is doomed, <laughs> volume one. <laughs> he also said, I think uh, when he was doing All Things Must Pass, the reissue, reissue of that, that's uh, um, a sense of humor. But, I, you know, I wonder, I wonder, you know, did they just pick the title themselves? Or, or, or I wonder if he said, no, I'd like it to be called that, you know, of instructions. I the wonder. only way we know is if we asked Olivia or Danny. And right. that's a good a, a good question to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they remember, you know. Right. And the One cover artwork that, too. Right? Well, the cover artwork is also Oh, very, it's superb. Very I think. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like robots says around it, a television. Says it all right there. Yeah. 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 I know Danny Harrison said, and I really agree with him on this, that even though the music spans 14 years, there's a real consistent sound through it. And, and mm -hmm. Ringo said that to Danny himself. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you'd know one song is from 1988 and another song is from 2001. Right. You wouldn't really know. And I think I that know. benefits the whole album. Yeah, and I think the guitar solos too, or the guitar playing from George sound the same as well they had almost the same tone in them while listening to these songs you know kind mm. of mara blues sounds a lot like stuck inside a clouds guitar playing you know it's just, yeah you know has the same feel mm -hmm. well let's just run through i just want to mention some of the songs that were older songs and we know that they were older because any road um, was written in 1988 and it was written during the video shoot for This Is Love. It actually was uh, something that was on a sign near a, um, a koi pond in Hawaii that said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. <laughs> and so we do know that's from 1988. Run So Far, we know, is an older song because George gave that to Eric Clapton. And mm. his version appeared on his Journeyman album. And in fact, George played on it. That album came out in 1989. Uh, Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, of course, is an older song uh, from 1930, a Harold Arlen song. But um, George performed that on Jules Holland's TV show in the early okay. 90s. This version, I believe, is slightly different from what was okay. on the TV show, but I'm not quite sure to what degree. Um, also, Stuck Inside a Cloud, uh, there is a radio special that was broadcast when Brainwashed came out, and it's it's a fantastic special. And hmm. Olivia, Danny, Jeff Lynn, uh, Jim Keltner, they're all interviewed in, um, in this radio special. And uh, Jim Keltner said that he recalled hearing Stuck Inside a Cloud in the 80s. But, you know, sometimes I wonder, as you had said, Kit, there are times here when you listen to the lyrics and it sounds like George is aware that his time is almost up. Yeah. So right. when you hear some of the lyrics towards the end of... Um, Stuck inside a cloud. Yeah. Um, never been so crazy, crazy. but I never yeah. felt so sure. I wish I had the answer to give. Don't even have the cure. Um, just talking to myself, crying as we part, knowing as you leave me, I also lose my heart. I don't know if those are part of the original lyrics. If he started writing them in the 80s, maybe he adjusted them. 
towards the end of his life. Right. You know, those are, you know, such powerful lyrics. Looking for my life has lyrics that are similar to that. Makes you think that he's aware of his, you know, the fatality in life. So, um, yeah. And also, I wanted to, to bring up this song called Rocking Chair in Hawaii. <laughs> because this song has a bit of history to it. Because um, when George was recording All Things Must Pass, he rehearsed this song. And I'm actually going to, if my CD player works, I'm going to try and play this for you off my computer speaker. And hopefully you'll be able to hear what it sounded like during All Things Must Pass here. So you can see the similarity there in, oh, yeah. what, in sure. what George did. But if you go back to the legendary Hank Williams, he recorded a song in 1950, which is called Long Gone Lonesome Blues. And let's see if I can play a little bit of that. Hmm. Don't hear anything. Don't hear it. Yeah. Sorry, Ken. Nope. Well, not hearing it. You don't hear it? No. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't hear anything. I thought sorry. you could hear it off my computer speaker. Nope. But no. it's very similar to what George did right there from the All Things Must Pass sessions. So mm -hmm. I thought you guys would want to hear that. Yeah, so it was it. influenced by Hank Williams. Okay. Um, as I said, that was a hit for him in 1950, Long Gone Lonesome Blues. You can check it out online and uh, very much like that song change the lyrics around mm. cool all right so um talk about what songs are favorites of yours from this album mm. and uh we haven't uh talked about many of the songs but i want to get your impression of marwa blues because um what a stunning instrumental that is mm. and Beautiful. tremendous guitar work from george and um it actually won, won a award. grammy too yeah, yeah, won a grammy. yeah. best instrumental what was the actual name? Yeah. Uh, uh, 2004 best pop Grammy. instrumental performance. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, Any Road was nominated for best I mean, male pop performance. Yeah. yeah. But Marwa Blues is stunning to me. It the is. Guitar work on there. Yeah. Tom? Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a standout track, and it's, it's, it's one that uh, you know I fell in love with when I first heard the album. Um, you know, I, unlike uh, Kit, I didn't have that same feeling that she had while listening to that, listening to the album for the first time. But because uh, I was maybe I was just because I was so excited that we finally got a, a new George Harrison record. But mm. uh, but absolutely. But I, I think the album starts off uh, wonderfully with Any Road and uh, PT uh, Vacation Blues. I think that's just a great one to punch to start off the album. Um you know, Rising Sun and Mara Blues, I think, you know, are, are great. Um, Stuck Inside a Cloud, I always thought it was a great song. Like I said earlier, I just don't know if it was the best song 
to, to be the first song that you hear from the album. Um, maybe because, you know, like Kid Sammy is very reflective, um, but great lyrically. Um, and then I think it ends, I think the album ends great with uh, Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, Rocking Chair in Hawaii, and, you know, and Brainwash to an extent too. Um, there's a really cool part at the uh, the two minute mark of the song where um, uh, this woman, Isabel, I can't, I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name mm-hmm. because I know, no, but reading from, you know, How to Know God, I, I, I thought that was, 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 uh, was, was beautiful um and i think i love the tabla playing throughout that song as well um and but yeah the guitar playing throughout the, all of this um all of the all of this album is, is wonderful and mara blues is just i think i i think his last stamp on his career i mean just because he you know i he's is looked like looked at to me like a, an underrated guitar player throughout his career um even though he is known, um, but um, this I think just proves that he's a, he was a master guitar player and just was you know the slide guitar you know even though maybe he might use it he might have used it too much throughout his career, solo career it, mm. it was just beautiful and it's you know it's <laughs> um, you know I wish I could say more about it but it's it's just it's just a, such a delight to listen to it really is it's always important to know if you have a stamp on a certain sound. And mm-hmm. you know George Harrison's slide guitar work when you hear it. You right. know, it's kind of like you know Eric Clapton oh, when you when you hear him, yeah. that kind of thing. So, right. mm-hmm. but Marwa Blues to me is like a yearning. It's like a yeah. reaching for the heavens. It has that kind mm-hmm. of feel to it. I know Olivia Harrison especially loved that particular song. Might right. have been her favorite. Kit, yeah, uh, just talk a little uh, bit one, about one more, one more one, one more thing. But the but the thing is, that I, I I find fascinating too that I didn't realize um, from listening to Danny talk was. Uh, that seven was his favorite number, and then the, yeah. usually yeah. the seven, what would the seventh track was usually his favorite song on the album. Um, so you know, I went back and looked at a lot of the you know the albums to see what the seventh song was, and you know, some great tracks, you know. Hmm. But uh, go ahead, Kit. Sorry. No, uh, and actually, uh, Tom Tom Brennan just said the same thing you did in the comments. So uh, right. so you you guys hmm. are telepathic you just said the same time (laughs) um yeah marwa blues is a that is a beautiful instrumental and in fact i i think paul mccartney uh also said said that was one of his all-time favorite george tracks right um and um and definitely um you know beautiful very almost meditative um sort of uh sort of track and and definitely um one of the highlights no uh, no question um i'll also not only um is he as as tom you just said a, an underrated it was an underrated guitarist but i thought lyrically he had some you know incredible mm-hmm. uh, moments uh, on on this album such as on pisces fish which uh, mm-hmm. i thought was a very dylan-esque um, exactly song. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Ken, you're with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, very, very Dylan-esque, but I love the lines toward the end that sometimes my life feel it feels like fiction. Some of the days it's really quite serene. I'm a living proof of all life's contradictions. One half's going where the other half's just been. I mean, that's wonderful. I mean, that, that I think he's looking back on his on his life, and and of course he's had uh, you know, shall we? He he certainly had a more um, you know, shall we say adventurous life than most of us have had. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, I just, you know, I, I just love that. And again, it's, it's what I was talking about earlier about how he's s- s- such an, a, 
you know, the other albums he's done have been contemplative as well, of course. But this one, I don't know. This one, I think, was on another level, you know. And mm. um, also looking for my wife, um, which that may be my favorite um, really? because it's, okay. it's so poignant. Um, I And I wonder if, I don't know if he wrote it um, after he was attacked. I'm not sure. Um, because it's, it certainly can, you know, read that would be read that way. I mean, I never knew thing that things exploded. I only found out when I was down upon my knees looking for my wife. Mm -hmm. I you know, had no idea that I was heading toward a state of emergency. I had no fear where I was treading. I only found it when I was down upon my knees looking for my wife. I mean, you know, talking about reevaluating your your life uh you know kind of life flashing before your eyes and i don't think you have to be in a situation like that to relate to it i, I think we all have moments where we're reevaluating our lives where we have a moment where um you know that kind of crossroads you know sort of moment where we're looking for meaning um mm just wonderful um i mean that that song really really struck me rising sun is another one i think uh, yep. tom i think you mentioned it mm. uh, earlier uh, another great one i will say i thought that was the one song on there that was a little overproduced for me uh, mm. a little too yellowish um <laughs> with the strings a little too i i love jeff lynn but this was a little too Jeff Linney for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was just all with the strings, everything that was that was a little overdone. But uh, but it's still um, just another great example of his wordplay. I love the line, but in the rising sun, you can feel your life begin. Universe at play inside your DNA, and you're yeah. a billion years old today. That's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a wonderful image there i i just you know you can just feel it um stuck inside a cloud you know you mentioned earlier uh, how great that is and and you know you could read it a lot of different ways i mean ken you were reading it and and i did too initially you know that about death i mean mm. you could you know but you i think danny said in an interview he you know mentioned you could also read it about isolation and mm. and you could read it definitely i mean there are different ways you know you could interpret and and i think George was a master um, at that. So I would say those were uh, the, the highlights for me. Um, and, you know, George was just such a, a master at writing songs that you could interpret for, for yourself. I mean, the songs we've talked about in the show, the songs that love songs, they could be romantic love or spiritual love, however mm -hmm. you want to interpret them. And this was kind of another case of that, that, that he wrote songs that, you know, they could be about death. They could be about, um, you know, meaning of life. They could be about isolation. They could be about, you know, however they pertain to you. Um, and on those songs, particularly, you know, he, he was, just as, as on his game. Yeah. Definitely as, on this album, yeah. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, I'm so impressed with lyrics. I'm usually drawn to melodies first, and I still mm -hmm. am very much that way. But when you really take the time to, to read the lyrics of what George is writing here, and throughout his whole career, but mm -hmm. he just seems so self-assured about everything he was writing about. Very confident, mm -hmm. being very aware of how he felt about everything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even like P2 Vatican Blues. Yeah which to me is like yes. about the, the hypocrisy of the church and all the things mm. they do at night, you know? Right. And um, 
it made it made me think of the line in "Awaiting on You All," while the Pope owns fifty one percent of General Motors yeah. and the stock exchange is the only thing he's qualified to quote us. That kind of thing. Sometimes he yeah. says things that are against the church, and this is more of a continuation of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Joe, some favorites of yours. Oh. Oh, uh, well, uh, favorites of mine, my favorite song on the album is the opening track, Any Road. Great I think song. it's my very, very favorite song on the album. Uh, I, I love how George uh, starts it by saying, uh, give me plenty of that guitar uh, uh, right. going into that. Um, and that's, to me, that should have been the lead-off single. Uh, we all have yeah. different yeah. tastes. I see somebody I agree. thought that Looking for My Life yeah. should have could have been or should have been everybody has uh you know their picks and uh, i just love uh, the humor i think it's george's like crazy humor in uh, the p2 vatican blues i think that that's uh shines through in there i'm not going to be able to be as elaborate with the lyrics as kid has been uh following <laughs> kit uh maybe the next time i'll write them down more and you know I'm Pisces fish. what can i say <laughs> okay yeah pisces fish love that one looking for my life rising sun i mean they just one after the other and richard uh k i don't know how to pronounce his last name he was in a, weaker okay, oh weaker. Okay. he said you know considering how these songs you know were recorded different times it's amazingly cohesive and i i, mm-hmm. I feel the same way i mean i wouldn't would have known really it took me a while when i read up on it later and found out oh well you know this is what happened. This was the situation. These were when they were recorded. This is when the demos were done or whatnot and written. It could have fooled me. I think anybody listening who doesn't know the history would think it was just recorded as a regular album. Um, I want to say one thing about Stuck Inside a Cloud, which I also love. I hear that still pretty regularly in my supermarket. Oh, over the speakers <laughs> i don't know why but i'm glad i'm glad i do maybe it's george speaking from beyond or something mm. uh of course between the devil and the deep blue sea is a lot of fun uh those are my favorite tracks i would say um i'm not that i said earlier uh, a couple maybe leave me a little lukewarm and for me it's never get over you yeah. a little that's my probably uh, well i'm not that wild of that one i'm with you on that saying Oh, I'm okay. exactly the opposite. I love to <laughs> well, get over and you. And yeah. rocking chair in Hawaii. Although now that you're putting two and two together with, uh, you know, the uh, Beatles sessions, now nah, it's a lot more interesting to me <laughs> than, I, than I thought mm-hmm. before. Uh, seeing how we had that in the back pocket for yeah. so long. Um, but that's it. Overall, as I said, when I first was talking about the album, now I really, really enjoy the album. Uh, I'm trying not to have it so overlooked in the back of my mind. I don't know, maybe because it came out late and everything and George passed away and I got to bring it more to the fore when I'm thinking of his albums altogether, because definitely for me, one of his better albums. Oh, I agree with you. Totally. Did you, did you guys, did any of you guys, while first time listening to the album or the first time to listening to any road, realize that we had seen it a few years earlier on John Fugelson. Yeah. John Fugelson. Yeah. That's what I meant. John Fugelson. Yeah. I never had yeah. to say his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, he performed a version of it on that. That was 97, I think. Yes. Yeah, 97. 97. Yeah. Yeah. To promote yeah. Ravi Shankar's Shankar's. album. He was right. on 
Chance oh, that's such India. a wonderful little, yeah. little, little because it's really for Ravi Shankar, but you know George, right. you know, plays a little bit, and he's you know kind of like seems a little shy about it, and you know John keeps trying you know to coax yeah. him into playing something to his credit, <laughs> and he does a little bit of a, doesn't he? He does a Wilbury. You does, belong to me. I think he does. Is it? The he does uh, all things must pass. I yes. believe. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then, must then, pass. Yeah. Um. And he, he does sing, sing a little bit of, I think it was a Wilbury song. Uh, you uh, is, is that one you 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 I you belong to me? Belong to me? No, no, yeah. no. If you belong that. to me. If you belong to if you belong. I don't, I don't to remember me. him doing that one. I don't. Yeah, remember. Oh yeah, he does. He starts. Yeah. In fact, he starts singing. I don't know if you know this one. George starts singing it, and then Fugel Sang just comes in someone else's clothes and then sings the lyrics well and <laughs> I like don't remember that. Like that. Well, oh yeah, I remember that. Wow. John, <laughs> but anyhow, I definitely yeah, remember yeah. that because I remember thinking, wow, that's a great song. I hope he, you know. I, I, I was thinking, wow, it's good that he knew it. You know, you mm-hmm. can impress George, you know, he's singing this and the, he knew it, the, the interviewer. Right. How cool is it that he went and did a song that he hadn't released yet that yeah, nobody right. knew? Yeah. You know, yeah. And he sounded like he hadn't played it for a while, so you mm-hmm. know he had to try and remember the words. And yep. you know, right. wasn't it? Uh, I think it was Ravi's wife that uh, suggested mm-hmm. that he play that song. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think she knew the name of it. You know, she right? No, she didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it was that was a nice surprise there. Yes, it was. Yeah. But um, about never get over you. You know, George has that gift for delivering great love songs uh, on so many of his albums, but I love that one. You know, there's a, there's a great line. It's a favorite of my wife's. <laughs> you you warm the coldest feet can cool me in the heat. And also your eyes pierce through my heart. Your smile tears me apart. And of course, great slide guitar work throughout that mm-hmm. song. Yeah. But yeah, the lyrics really uh, impressed me so much. And the one that you pointed out, Kit, from Pisces Fish. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the greatest lines of any of his songs, you know, yep. about himself. One half's going where the other half's just been, you know, all this stuff that's very heavy to think about. <laughs> you know, I don't know how he's able to explain how he feels about so many things in life. So right. many thoughts put together all in one song and in, in a way that makes sense, you know, only through George's brain, <laughs> only yes. as only as he can explain it. And right. throughout his entire life, he'd talk about, you know, the goal in this life is just, you know, at some point we're going to die and our soul lives. So we try to get, we try to transfer to a higher life, you know, mm-hmm. from this one. So he wasn't afraid of dying. You know, he's very spiritual. That was his goal. And what he has tried to say in life is that just about everything else that we go through is all BS. <laughs> in <this Yes>. <laughs> It's just the most important thing is to try to achieve this in life. Um, that doesn't mean that when he's talking about looking for my life, that he wasn't surprised that this could happen to him at the end, mm-hmm. having cancer, for example, mm-hmm. you know, or even yeah. being stabbed. You know, I do wish that we knew exactly when each song was written. Yeah. We don't yeah. know the order when it was written. We just know what some of the earliest ones were. And um, Run So Far, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but this was in that radio special. That song started because John Cleese had a travelogue show that he hosted. And at the end of it, he would always say, um, you got to run so far. Um, you have to take your problems with you. You can only run so far. And so George thought that was very funny. 
And that was like the seed of what planted that song. Mm. So just using that line from something John Cleese said. So, you know, where he gets so, these ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I completely forgot about the eight days, eight days a week book. I mean, did, did you look at that to see if there was exact recording uh, dates uh, in that book for, for this? Um, I didn't I look. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think I did. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been in there because okay. it was released in 2002. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm thinking 97 Although, for some you reason. You know what? You will have. Yeah. You will have. Yeah. Um, yes, eight arms to hold you is the book. But you will yeah. have like any road. The appearance of right. H one in there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. But I really am so impressed with this album. I think it gets stronger through time because, yeah. you know, George, yeah. through all these different songs, though it spanned 14 years, he says so much in the lyrics. And I do love the melodies and I do love the arrangements. His guitar work is great. There's the use of the ukulele on this album, which he mm -hmm. uses actually on four songs. So it really has a lot of an acoustic feel to it. Yeah, it does. And I love that aspect of it. But, um, you know, you learn so much about George's head, where it was at, what was important to him in life. And I do recommend if anyone could ever get a hold of that radio special, you know, Danny speaks so well, so eloquently, you know, about how George was and that, you know, the important things in life is to to have gardening and have trees and to breathe clean air and not to spend time waste time on your cell phones and being caught up in, you know, the busy day-to-day -day life that we all are a part of. And I think once you get that feeling through, you know, certainly what Danny says, it transpires into this music and, you know, you listen to the lyrics of what George is saying and it's so powerful. You know, I really think that this is a great album, you know, and I uh, thought it was beautiful that it ended, you know, that after the song brainwash that then it ended with, that you know with the indian the chanting uh, the, the chant i thought yeah. that was such a, a you know just a beautiful way to end it, and appropriate nice. way mm -hmm. to end it um mm -hmm. and uh and i i also just um when you you know just mentioned danny i've just got you just interjected to say that you know i i just think danny is has done such a wonderful job of uh you know really protecting george's memory and and you know yes and and really in projects like this you know he really knows i think what his father you know wants and really respects it and this is another great example of that um you know he doesn't over you know I don't think he overdid anything. I think, and I mean Jeff Lynn too, of course. But, but I think Danny has. I mean, he he gets. I think what his father would have wanted, the sound, everything, and he doesn't want to intrude on it. And mm. uh, so I think he does just a marvelous job. Cool. Plus, that. also a benefit with Danny is that even though these songs were unreleased all those years, Danny grew up with them. Right. Mm -hmm. the, it, these songs were in strangers to him. Yep. You know, he really had a feel for what his father would have wanted. And I could only imagine how tough it must have been to work on this right after George died. So it must have been really painful for him, but it also was a labor of love. And mm -hmm. I think that really comes through. Yeah. And I think what Danny did and, and Jeff Lynn did was a superb job. You know, I wouldn't say Rising Sun is overproduced, but then, you know, that's me. <laughs> I love Jeff Lynn. I love his production, but, you know. 
he does uh, he does apologize in in one of the interviews that I watched about uh, because you know George says he didn't want it posh you know as right. yeah. polish you know and he says well sorry George you know one of the songs I had to be, you know so it was probably that song that you know, one that yeah was that was, right. that was, was the only one about. that was the only one yeah. I'm like okay that's a little too yellow but other than right. that <laughs> mm. okay this has been great why don't we go around and and tell our our listeners uh what we're up to with all of our projects and shows we'll start with you tom okay thank you ken well uh today uh, two legs we posted our uh, new episode which uh, features our good friend here ken michaels and <laughs> what we did was um we talked about songs that are not on paul mccartney records these are songs that are on other people's records uh compilations soundtracks uh songs that he you know provided vocals for and or instrumentation or just uh gave the song to another artist um and these are songs from 2000 to 2019 uh, they could be uh, songs like uh, Best Love, I'm Partial to Your Abracadabra, Heal the Pain, stuff like that. So uh, go over to our YouTube channel, uh, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, and you can check that episode out there, or you can listen to it on Podbean and iTunes. You can reach us at twolegspodcast at gmail.com, and uh, you know we've got more great shows coming up in the future, and uh, look forward to hearing from all of you. So check it yeah. out. Yeah, that was an amazing show in a way, and it's it's something that I have always been fascinated with. Ever right. since I bought the book all together now, the discography mm -hmm. that I bring up every now and then, because they happen to have sections where you've got songs the Beatles wrote for other people, right. produced for, yeah. played on, that kind of right. thing. Um, a guy named Chris Engelhart put out a couple of books just on that kind of thing, side mm -hmm. projects. And so right. there may be some songs that you never heard of before. Exactly. Like the ones you mentioned of. I don't know how many people right. watching this show are aware that there is a song that you just mentioned there called Best Love. It's actually right. on Steve Martin album with yep. his bluegrass band and Paul sings the song. And Steve Martin right. wrote it. You know, it's really cool to listen to. You know, yep, there it like is. Rare, rare, rare Bird Alert, it's called. Right. Great album. Great song. Album. Too. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, check that out. And thanks for, thanks for coming on, Ken. Appreciate oh, it. it was a guess. <laughs> yeah. Joe, how about you? Um, I have my YouTube channel as always. Mean Mr. Mayo, Beatles and more solo Beatles. And uh, finally I'm making arrangements. I'm not going to try to say this gentleman's name. You know who I'm talking about <laughs> to go on fans on the run. Maybe Yay! I'm going to record a, a show. Here we but go. I'm going to, I'm going to attempt it Ethan real quick. Ethan Alexander. No, no. Ethan Alexanian. <laughs> Alexander, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I'm uh, so hopefully I'm going to get some recording done. That that'll be in, a, in late June, but still, it's okay. something different to talk about. Right. No. Good <laughs> right. stuff. So that's you know, me. Go over there and subscribe. Mean Mr. Mayo, get me up to ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kit, and you. Uh, and well, before I, I talk about my uh, my own things, I just want to mention on um, on Mean Mr. Mayo's channel that uh, uh, he did a great video that I'm almost tempted to do a video myself, my own version of uh, memories um, going to the record store as uh, as a mm. kid, and he kind of takes oh, you yeah. on a tour back in, in his neighbor old neighborhood and talks about oh, what he was, was listening to on the radio. I loved it. I, I thought that was... Yeah, thanks. That was a lot of fun. I just woke up on a Sunday morning, and it was... I get up early. It was 6.30 in the morning, and I said... I was going to make a video, and I said, you know what? It's a beautiful, gorgeous morning. Not many people are going to be out. 
it's about a half hour drive to where I, I grew up or so. So, you know, half hour or so. So I said, let me do it. Get in the car. And I recorded the whole thing. I went past old spots. And I even drove over the spot where every time I hear silly love songs or let them in, that's what I always think of from 1976, the view that I had when I used to go to the beach. Yeah. And so, so I just, I just yeah, spontaneously drove, did it, and I had a great time with yeah, it. Yeah, I drove to Rockaway Beach. I mean, I could just, I could hear the soundtrack in my head as you <laughs> rock, were driving. Rock, it was really fun. Rockaway so Beach. I made, I made yeah. you a similar one myself. It was really fun. So oh, great. Go great. check that out. That, that, that was very inspiring. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, well, as for me, um, I. Uh, no, nope, time's I, up, uh, Kit. Sorry. No, oh, no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of last the last fifteen minutes for Ken, so hurry up. That's right. <laughs> He's got the most it's only gonna be it's it's only gonna be two minutes with all me. right, all right. <laughs> so anyway, uh so while I'm on uh, a good friend of our show who in fact they left a, a comment earlier, so uh, our friend Ed Chen. Um I'm on uh when they was fab uh with uh, Ed Chen and Lonnie Pena. We are doing a two part show where we talk about the Beatles anthology and specifically the very first episode. We have a lot of fun. We went back to what it was like watching that first night, uh, the countdown to free as a bird, what it was like watching that first episode. Um, and, uh, you know, how it, you know, looking at it now, um, was it really the definitive story? We had a really great time uh, talking about it. So part one is up. Uh, I will put that on our uh, Facebook page, and it's on my own. Uh, so uh, so do go check that out. And uh, and I my columns will be back soon. I just finished a uh, where I'm finishing a big project. Ken Womack and I are editing a book together, which hopefully will be out either at the end of this year, or beginning of next. Uh, you believe me, you will hear more about it on this show. <laughs> um, so, so finally finished editing the manuscript, so I can get back to my my uh, own columns. So that will be cool. coming soon. So, awesome. so that's uh, that's what I'm up to. So, so you were suggesting that the anthology might not be accurate, there, Kit? Uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you're, you're just gonna have to listen into the show. All right, <laughs> we'll do. Yep. <laughs> But the Beatles version of their own story will always be valuable. Yep. No matter what, you know, how they tell it. Yep. All right. Uh, as for me, I'm going to be on several shows. Uh, like we just mentioned, Tom's show, Two Legs. That's already out, by the way. You can watch it on YouTube. And uh, like Tom said, we talk about Paul McCartney's side projects from 2000 and on. There's plenty of them. There's over 40 yes. of them. We don't talk about all of them, but we yeah. do cover quite a lot that you may not even be aware right. he was involved in. So that's really and just cool. Uh, and just to add, you know, plug your show. I mean, a lot of those songs that I learned about from listening to your radio show. So thank you for that. Yeah. Paul McCarty teaming up with Lulu, yeah. the singer for yeah. an inside thing. That's, you know, very interesting recording right there. Um, you mentioned Ethan Alexanian. I just did a show with him. That's going to be airing sometime this month. Fans on the Run is the is the name of the show. It's all about our history with the Beatles, how we became Beatle fans, and also uh, I talk about my history doing all the different Beatle shows that I've done. He has a habit of saying, what's your favorite, least favorite of everything? Yeah. So you find out all that in the show. It's a good, fun show. Sam Wiles over in the UK does mm -hmm. a Paul McCartney, uh, solo Paul McCartney, podcast called all or nothing i did a show 
It's actually a two-parter. He's in the first part. I'm in the second part. All about flowers in the dirt. That'll be airing pretty soon. And I'll also be taping the show with Bob Wilson and Warren Brown for Tomorrow Never Knows. And that'll be this week. So that's going to be a mixture of my history doing Beatles shows and throwing out a lot of trivia back and forth. Cool. Nice. So I'm on a lot of different shows there. Don't forget my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. There's Beatles trivia every single week. You can win one of nine amazing prizes every single hmm. week there. And there'll be a new trivia or game posted tonight before I go to sleep. I promise. <laughs> it will be there. And um, things we said today, we just did a show where uh, Darren DeVivo and Alan Cozen and I all listed our five least favorite Beatles songs. We've mm -hmm. already gotten a little bit of a backlash for that, which I oh, kind of oh. expected. <laughs> <laughs> I like shows like Dar that. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, okay. Darren's picks were actually kind of shocking. I can't wait to listen to Yeah, them. I'm not going to reveal oh. one of them. I was like, yeah. oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of guts for Darren to say what he said. Um, right. and, uh, and that's just about it, I think. So if people want to get in touch with us, Kit, Yep, they can uh, email us at uh, talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. <laughs> Love your George Harrison pin there. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, they can also, you can follow us on Twitter at talkmoretalk1. Um, you, of course, can reach us on our Facebook page, uh, and you can also follow us on YouTube, and please subscribe while you're there. Um, and also, you can find us on virtually any uh, podcasting platform you can think of. Subscribe to us there. Um, spread the word. The more, uh, the more people know about us, the better. And thanks, as always, for your support. Thanks for all the comments tonight. We couldn't get to them all on the air, but uh, you better believe we will <laughs> read them afterwards and respond to your comments. We read them all. All Very right. Good. Awesome. This has been a fantastic show. I enjoy talking about yes. Brainwash with you guys. And thanks to all of you for watching the show tonight. Tell as many of your friends about this show as possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you can. And uh, we so greatly appreciate your being here and being part of this show. You Absolutely. Know? Means everything yeah. to us. Okay. Thank you. So, on behalf of Kit and Joe and Tom, uh, remember, you can only run so far. <laughs> and we will see you all next time. I'm going to be looking for okay. my life. See you. <laughs> <laughs>